post-Christmas file a community. Hopefully you're a part of a church that decided to pre-record your services yesterday on the 26th. And you've been able to spend some time with your families. If, however, you did have a service on the 26th, hopefully you're able to catch up on some sleep and time with your family today. Maybe you could listen to the podcast, let it put you to sleep. If you're like me, you know, I spent a lot of Christmas days in a fog. The day of Christmas, just really easy to feel bad about missing out on some special family time just because I was so tired. But I would have a couple of encouragements for you if you find yourself having lived that way. One is, you know what? Your family needs you. So I would just say, push through, do your best and engage with your kids while you're home, while they're home from school and with your spouse or with your parents or your friends, whoever you're spending Christmas with this time, I would just encourage you, don't forget that uh, those people have been missing you and they need you. They want you, they love you and just give them some hours and be intentional and then take a nap. The second thing I would say is, which might feel like the exact opposite, is to cut yourself some slack. You've emptied yourself out for Christmas services again, and it's okay to need some downtime because you're empty. And it makes sense that you might be a little bit in a fog. So there's no black and white answer to this challenge of how tired we feel at Christmas time. It is a tension to manage, and it's not easy, but you can do it. And sorry, there isn't an easier answer. However you work out this conundrum, I pray that the days ahead are full of life-giving opportunities and full of refreshment. And during the run-up to Christmas, if you didn't have a chance to read or watch our Philo Advent series, I would encourage you to go back and reconnect with why we do what we do. There's some really great words from some of our friends of the Philo community, Jacob Cody, Justin Firesheets, Dennis Choi, Delwin Island, and our very own Chelsea Pribbles. So go to philo.org slash blog. You can see all the links there. Just some really great reminders of not just about Christmas, but where we should be getting our identity from. So I would encourage you to, to listen to those. If you're looking for a way to start the year off and filling yourself up, I couldn't recommend enough to join one of our Philo coaching cohorts, which are starting soon. We're offering an all-female cohort and a co-ed cohort right at the beginning of the year. For most of us, the people we work with every day, they don't really understand what it's like to be a production person in the local church. And the cohorts are a great place to connect with others who really understand what Philo even means. I've had an amazing time in community with technical artists from all over the world, and there have been some very rich times together. After doing a full year of cohorts, we've taken our learnings and suggestions from over the 75 cohort participants, and we developed a slight change to the format. So each cohort moving forward will involve 90-minute sessions once a week for six weeks. So you can check out follow.org slash coaching. I would highly encourage you to do that right now. If it hasn't been apparent by now, our goal here at File is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And we do that through the coaching cohorts, one-on-one coaching, the Advent series, the Philo conference, this podcast, and our other resources, our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, and all the digital resources we have on our website. All right, now let's get to the podcast. My guest this time is Jeremy Van Valkenburg, the production director at Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've been living under a rock, you have no idea uh, what I'm talking about. But if you're paying attention, Transformation Church is doing some pretty amazing stuff. And Jeremy is right in the middle of it. Jeremy's been on quite a journey, and not just at Transformation Church, which is a journey all by itself, but just in his life. And we had a great time talking about it, and I think you really love our conversation. Let's dive in. Jeremy Van Valkenburg, welcome. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I've I've been following you guys for a long time, and so 
super excited to get to do this with you and then actually getting to meet you at the MXU event. Yeah. I guess this would be last week now. Uh, right, right. Now, now it's like we're best friends just chatting. Yeah, so That's right. Yeah. Uh, I walked in late. Don't tell anybody uh, to the MXU <laughs> event. I was like, Ooh, I think that might be Jeremy Van Valkenburg. And so I was talking to Daniel Cannell and you just walking by, Hey, is that Jeremy? He's like, Oh yeah. I totally need to introduce you. And so, yeah, great. But the thing was going, like the, the yeah. event was already happening. So then fast forward, I don't know, eight hours or something like that. And we we're at the Amplio World Headquarters. I don't know what they call it. And we bumped into each other, just started talking. And then Daniel Cannell comes over and says, hey, you guys should meet each other. Okay, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I rode to the event with Daniel. And so we were he's like, you, I have to introduce you <laughs> tonight because like, He's, you guys literally have the exact same heart for people in ministry. And that he's, he comes up, we're talking and he's, I've been trying to find both of you all night and you <laughs> yeah. just found each other. So yeah. the Holy Spirit was leading and we were listening that night. And there so we go. here we are yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being a part. And I, yeah, I've been just watching the, I don't know, it's like a spaceship or a rocket or something very fast uh, and powerful <laughs> happening over at Transformation Church. And we've had a conversation with Chad Vegas uh, a little bit ago, and we should be talking to Jeremy too, because he's the dude making it happen. Maybe just tell everybody what you do and then just some of your story about how, like, how you got yeah. involved in production and ended yeah. up here. Yeah, so currently I'm the production director for Transformation Church out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My story is goofy because I never thought I would be here. I actually thought I would be a senior pastor. Oh, so interesting. Like, when God originally called me into ministry, I was a sophomore in high school up in Michigan, up on a lake, like praying. And an aunt came to me and was just like, hey, I'm watching you with your cousins have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I started just, I don't know. And so praying and praying and I really felt God, uh, again, my sophomore year of high school, I felt God like telling me like, yeah, dude, I'm going to call you to be a pastor. And so I get home from that trip and I scheduled a meeting with my youth pastor. And I was like, Hey, so I think God's called me to ministry. And he's about time you started listening. Cause we all have been thinking that. So fast forward like 20 years. Okay. And I've never, I always thought it would be like this senior pastor role okay. because Probably the thing God's gifted me the most to do is preach. So as a production guy, I've been doing production since as full-time since 2014. Okay. But in all the churches I've served in before here, I would be the next person up if the senior pastor couldn't preach for a weekend. I was the oh, first one asked to actually preach our main services. Yeah. And so <laughs> I... I always thought my path would lead me to that, but just along the way, different things would happen and just meeting people and, Hey, come be a part of this thing. And next right. thing you know, I'm like doing production full-time with, didn't go to school for this, never sure. cured. It was just like, Hey, here's consoles and lighting consoles. And we need to just do the whole thing. And I was like, right. Cool. I know a lot of people <laughs> on YouTube, like so very just self-taught. And uh -huh. yeah, just dove into it head first and really fell in love with audio first. It's my main passion. It's the thing I, I, I feel I contribute the most in. Okay. And then some lighting along the way and video is a necessary evil for me. That's why Chad <laughs> right. Vegas was yeah. our first hire yeah. at Transformation <laughs> Church it. is because somebody who actually is passionate about video needed to lead that. Because video is for us, it's really, it's the backbone of what we do because we're still closed. Oh, we might okay. be one of the only churches in America <laughs> that's still not open. But in the midst of the COVID stuff, we got into massive construction and remodeling and we had a lot of issues with sound getting to a neighborhood right behind us. And so we had to address all of that. Yeah. We've just been under construction 
And so we're still not open to people yet. And so video is, it's how we're getting everything out. And, wow. and even just not being open, we're moving at 10,000 miles per hour. It's definitely, oh uh, it's a crazy trip, but the church I had started out working in, I was half doing college age ministry and half the assistant to the worship pastor. Okay. So that was the only way they could figure out a way to get me on staff was the dual purpose. <laughs> me. Love it. Yeah. Right. And so in the midst of that, my heart really started opening up for the worship side of things. And after a while, we transitioned fully out of the college age stuff and was just doing full-time worship. And so I would be, I would help out with setting up pro presenter for the weekend with the lyrics and leading whenever the worship pastor couldn't be there. I would help lead worship, helping to lead the team. And from an early time in that, all the pastoral staff saw me as we really see this guy is going to be a pastor. So even though I was the worship pastor's assistant, I would go to pastoral staff meetings and considered like a ministry intern kind of a deal. And so I did that for about five years, and our our tech director at the time, uh, she decided to go fully freelance. And so I was part of the search committee looking for our next tech director. Okay. And we were in a meeting, and somebody looks over and goes, I don't even know why we're doing this. Jeremy just needs to be the guy. And I was like, well, I never thought about that. And then we started talking some more about it, and they actually, they turned it into a pastoral position. Okay. So they called it like a multimedia pastor. Right. Um, love it. <laughs> so technically I was the tech director, but it was still leading from a, a pastoral standpoint, being part of all the big decisions of the church and all that okay. kind of stuff. And so going from being in the meeting to find the person to actually being now in the meeting as the one that we were going after. Okay. And uh, my wife and I said yes to that in uh, 2014. Okay. And uh, we stayed in that church for a very long time. Uh, we were there for about 10 years. And the Lord released us. And so we ended up at another church. We, we were there for about a year. Okay. And uh, that, that church, we knew very uh, early on that God was only going to keep us there for a season. Uh, okay. And in the midst of that, there was a day that my wife and I just really believed that God had released us and that it was time to pursue what's next. So we got home, we talked about it, we prayed together, and uh-huh. literally we finished praying. And I get a text message from a church in Mississippi Okay. Hey man, got your name from so-and-so wondered if you'd be considered coming to be our production pastor. And I was like, okay, okay. So we'll walk this path. (laughs) And so this was a much larger situation than I had ever been a part of. And I used to do the worship leader prop stuff. If you're familiar with the Instagram account, the podcast, the podcast part of it started. And then through that, I had met Lee Fields because we had interviewed them at you guys. And Lee and I had always stayed in touch. And so I had called Lee and I was like, Hey bro, will you help me kind of walked this path with this church in Mississippi. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'd love to. So one day he just calls me out of nowhere. We are getting down towards the end of the interview process with this, this church in Mississippi. And, and he says, are you really going to move away from Florida? Cause you love Florida. And I was like, Oh bro, I love Florida. I was like, man, I'm just going to go wherever God's calling me. And he goes, I have to tell you about a church in Tulsa. Okay. And so I looked him up after he shared some stuff and I was like, there is a 0% chance they're going to talk to me. <laughs> But I took a phone call that night from someone on staff and I very quickly, I just said, here's the deal. If you're looking for the world's greatest tech guy, I'm not your guy. Uh But if you're looking for somebody to lead the world's greatest tech guys, I'm willing to have a conversation with you. And so I just, I wanted to be very open and and be transparent. I didn't want to work for a celebrity pastor. I I knew what the mega church thing was and I wasn't sure if this is what I really was being called to. And so I was very stubborn. I was like, I am going to this church. Like, it, this is the thing. This is what we're going to do. Actually went out, interviewed, did the whole thing. And then God made it very clear. No, you're going to Tulsa. And so I called my <laughs> wife. I was like, she was like, how was it? And I was like, they're going to offer me the job. 
great. And I was like, but we're going to Tulsa. And she's like, they haven't even offered us a job yet. And I was just like, I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do. So we said yes to coming here before we saw the church, before we saw, like, we signed it. We're like, we just, we were, we had so much faith and believed so greatly that God was calling us here. And uh, so, yeah, we, I've been here just a little over a year now. And uh, when I got here, there was no production. It was all being fully done by contractors. And uh, we talked a little early about Daniel Cannell. And uh, so DC Pro is here in Tulsa and his shop is two miles away from us. And so when I first got here, I would literally, I would go to his shop and we would do production meetings with his guys and go, okay, "Okay, great. We need to run some SDI lines from here to here. And it's decimated like, (laughs) and they'd come over and they would help me. I was here uh, for three or four months before the first hire. And so it's been a long process of finding just the right guys and stuff, but we're, we're starting to really build a team, but we're, we're still looking for, for more and more people to be a part because I, I, I have no words to explain what God is doing in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Like every day, it's just like new things come up and you hear about new things. And it's just like, God's hand is resting over this ministry. And it's just, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And it seems like I'm always seeing something new from Transformation Church, some Amazing service, crazy ideas. Mike yeah. Todd's in a spacesuit. Oh, what's that about? And yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised anymore by the, I might see something weird from transformation. On <laughs> Wait Instagram. a second. Is he floating on a boat on their stage right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was coming back from a sabbatical and uh, I get a phone call like, hey, can we put a Tesla on stage? <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back. And, you know, yeah. and we... <laughs> put a Tesla on stage and made it look like a spaceman got out. And that was some smoke and some, some yeah. uh, sparklers. We made it look like he stepped out. Then all of a sudden Pastor Mike was standing there in a suit holding it. Like it was, yeah, it's fun serving in a place where innovation is not frowned upon. Sure. Right. Because like with innovation, you're either going to have massive success or massive failure. There's yeah, yeah. a lot of times innovation, there's no like, yeah, I guess it was just okay. It's yeah, like, right. yeah. if you're it's going for all the way or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And being in a place where like, we we're as excited like about the, the, when it's good. And then when it fails, we talk about it. We go, all right, how do we not let this happen next time? Sure. But we're not afraid to go then try for the next big idea. One of the things know? that I love about, or that I've been thinking about and that I love about transformation and things that I'm seeing from there. So let's take the boat on stage as an example. I can think myself personally of some weird stuff that we try to do Mm -hmm. that felt like a reach, like we're trying too hard for Mm -hmm. this to be cool. And one involved water on stage. And it's just like, why are we doing this? You know, that Mm -hmm. by the time we're actually doing it, it felt like, why are we doing this? And I think seeing what you all are doing, there's a reason for water on stage and a boat. Yep. It's not just because it's cool, which I think yeah. for a production person, it's really easy to look past or maybe just not even think about why it's being done. It was like, oh, how could we do that when it's not really being asked of us or mm-hmm. not really required for what we're doing at our location? Yeah. It, so that particular idea it was cool the way that all came about because we knew Pastor Mike was heading towards a sermon with the disciples and the boat and all. And, and, and when Jesus calmed the storm, we knew that was coming. And so we were doing a merch drop because so Transformation Church, if you're not familiar, like our whole thing is representing God to the lost and the found for transformation in Christ. And our vision really is to show people like you can do this differently. Mm-hmm. And we're really going to show who God actually is 
to those who are saved and those who are not saved. And through that, we, we see transformation in Christ happening. And so we knew this was coming. We also knew we had to do this big video shoot for a merch drop. And so Chad had this super cool idea from this runway shoot that he saw where there was like a water floor okay. and the way that they could do this a little bit. Of, and so we pitched the idea to our creative team and they liked it. And so then I was like, hey, uh, how cool would it be if Pastor Mike preached from this? Because we know this sermon is coming. Mm-hmm. And then, then we start spitballing, like, could we yeah. make it deep enough? We could actually put a boat and float him. And yeah. then another one of the guys was like, man, we could put some sprinkler heads in and make it look like it's raining. And I was like, what if we threw like a, a hurricane up on the LED? Because at that yeah. point we had like an almost 270 degree wow, LED wow. wall. Yeah, right. And, and so this, so we were in a meeting with Pastor Michael about, another video that we were shooting. And I was like, so let me talk about next Sunday. You know, we're putting this water. Do you want to preach from it? And he's okay. So give me some vision. And so we were like, (laughs) imagine you're in a boat and we can make it look like it's a lightning storm and raining physically. And he just went, I want all of that. (laughs) And so we gave him the vision for it. And then we we did execute it. Here was the thing, Todd, I can't put words to. Mm. One week later, after we did that event, Pastor Michael played a clip of a prophecy that somebody had given a year earlier. Okay. And it's it, the prophecy was, I see water. I see a stage with screens all the way around it. Mm. And you're going to preach this message, but you don't have the team yet for it. But that team oh, wow. is coming. And wow. it's going to look a little like Cirque du Soleil. And, and when we brought all that to Pastor Michael, the production mm. team knew nothing about this prophecy sure, wow. that somebody had given. He made sure to keep that. And then a week later, he plays that for us. And we're like, Whoa. like literally described to a T what we did a year prior before any wow. of us were even on staff. Wow. And like, it, it was very eisegetic in its beginnings. Like, here is this story of what Jesus is going to do. And, and Pastor Mike's really good about really going verse by verse. So how do we take that story and bring it down to a place where it could really make sense to people. And so there's this moment where Pastor Mike laid down in the boat and we brought the lights down and he was talking through what it would have felt like to be in the storm. Okay. And then when it finally comes back around and in that moment where Pastor Mike was like, and Jesus then reads the scripture about peace be still or whatever. And we stopped the rain and we put a, a beautiful sunset up on the LED. And it was just like, right. we were able to take something that's ethereal in scripture, the story and, and put like, and a visual story to it that right. actually made sense. Yeah. And it was just, it was powerful. It, it, it wasn't very expensive. I think yeah. it was maybe $800 <laughs> in materials and a can do right, right. attitude. Like that's yeah. <laughs> some you know, elbow and, grease and uh, yeah. 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 And I think that again, the thing I love about it is that it's in the service to the, the mission versus just doing something cool because we need something cool to do. It's flashy for the sake of flashy. No, it's 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 a tool we're using to tell the story that we feel like our church needs to tell. Yeah. And we with just the 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 mantle that God's given us to be able to do this. There's a lot of people who would never ever even consider being a part of a church watching something online that are a part because we're willing to try to do some things that like Make it make sense for people who have no, if you have no background in church whatsoever, yeah, like it's, we're trying to make the, the, the gospel come alive. Yeah. And it's, there's, I think we're 35,000 salvations this year oh, so far wow. of people who have said, I will take a step closer to Jesus Christ online. Yeah, That's not wow. in the room. We don't have people in the room Yeah, and it's 
35,000 people wow. have said yes to Jesus because we're willing to go, okay, like, how can we represent this? Yeah, amazing. So one of the things that I, soon after I have the thought of, this is awesome and so cool, <laughs> because I've done productions at a big church and I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm I'm tired just looking at, just imagining how much work <laughs> went into this and, you know, what is the the couple of weeks leading up to it? And then, okay, now we got to strike this and dry out all the, you know, carpets we got wet and <laughs> just all the stuff that goes with doing stuff mm-hmm. that's really cool. How do you like, not, how are you sitting upright right now <laughs> and being able to have a, an intelligent conversation? We have done well at times and, and done terribly at other times. Uh, there are times we know this calls for a lot more time. One of the things we, we really stress highly here is Sabbath. Like uh, part okay. of our handbook, our culture is each week, there needs to be a 24 hour period given solely to the Lord and your family. And a lot of times we can do well at that. Sometimes we don't do super great. But what we're really been working on lately is fighting back for time. So like right. we just moved back into the arena. We were in a ball. So I, if you don't know about Transformation Church, we are in a old event center. Picture the lower bowl of a hockey arena is yeah. really what our sanctuary looks like. This was built for a NBA D-League team okay. for the Oklahoma City Thunders D-League basketball team. This facility was made for that got it so we had these ballrooms so we had moved out of a ballroom back into our arena and uh we worked a lot of hours and so i went to leadership and i was just like hey we're tired like we've gone x amount of days and so for the last three weeks we've given extra days off each week got it start giving back so it's you just like there we know that there are times it calls for more like christmas easter for us, there's this big thing we do called Super Sunday where we give out millions of dollars to people in need. Okay. And those times we know there's more, mm-hmm. but leadership is super behind like, thank you for what you've just done. Now let's get some rest back. And like I said, there's times we've done really well with it. And then there's times like, so I think it's been for me as a leader, keeping a pulse on the team and, and being the one to fight for them Sure. of like, hey, we can do these things, but we need, we've got to figure out how to get that time back. We need to figure out how to have a, what day is our Sabbath day where people don't talk to us and we're able to get off. And those are conversations very transparent. We're still having, but it's conversations we are having. It's yeah, not, right. they don't give us any time off and we're all angry in this corner. It's, Hey, <laughs> we're tired and we go to Great. How do we think? I think I probably say this in every podcast. And so like, why stop now? But Jack Welsh, who used to be the, the chairman of General Electric, he wrote a book and in the book, there's this one part where he says, Every boss wants their employees to live a balanced life or whatever that is exactly, but they also want you to figure it out. Like they're not Mm going to figure it out for you. And I think, especially in the world of production where most non-production people have no clue what exactly is involved, like, of course they don't know you'd be tired because Mm -hmm. when they show up, it all looks effortless and it's working. Mm -hmm. And unless you stick up for yourself, or you just make people aware, hey, this is really hard. Then yeah, yeah, probably no one's gonna give you that extra day off if you're not yeah, if you're not having the conversation. Absolutely. And so that's I think one of the things that we're learning more and more is we have to know our value. Yeah. And you know, saying it's great. Like we'll we would we want to go reach the moon and jump on the moon. Some time in there. Because <laughs> sometimes getting to the moon is a little tiring. Right. And we serve with an amazing leadership team here that's like, cool, figure it out. An email recently is like, hey, like we're looking, we want excellence, but not the cost of your family. 
you're in charge of this ministry. You figure it out and you tell us how, and we'll support you. Sure. Wow. And, and I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but luckily the experience that we have here is cool. We're having, let's have that conversation and let's get that back to you. Now, is that something that you feel like in the year that you've been there, that's been an evolving conversation versus like from the minute you showed up, they were like, yep, just tell us what you need and we'll give it to you. No, I, I think that culture exists here. And I think what I needed to learn, I came from a significantly smaller situation to this now. And so I think I got in my own head, like if I had to describe my first year in ministry at Transformation, it would be identity. God has had to hone in who I am in Christ more than anything else, because if not, fear-based insecurity was killing me for the first six or seven months that I was here. Because you think, okay, this is the big mega church thing. Like, I have to be strong. I have to work hard. Don't blow it. And like, when I finally confessed that to my boss, he was like, why are you carrying that? That's Mm. not true at all. But because it was based out of my insecurity thinking that it was my performance that was going to, it was, and it was like, the Lord was like, dude, I just need you to rest in life. I called you here. Yeah. Give it your all. I called you here and leadership's been like, so it's been a mindset shift for me. Of, dude, they do. They so, they, this church cares so much about the employees. Yeah. It's just being able to, anytime we've, I've came forward and been like, Hey, they're every single time. Great. Let's fix it. Yeah. Wow. And is that in your experience Have the other places that you've been, been that way or your, your abilities match the scale was maybe not quite so I can't do this. Yeah. It's apples and oranges. Like I can't compare the two just because the, as quickly as this thing continues just to grow at transformation. I, I, I've never, I just, I've never seen anything like this sure, in right. my entire life. And so just the pace is just, it's very different when you go from being, yeah, one guy can maintain all of this to we've got seven people and four or five contractors every weekend and a, a, a plethora of volunteers. And we're still struggling to keep, to keep up. Right. You know wow. what I mean? Like yeah, they're yeah. just, there's just so very different things. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this is still apples and oranges, but like the, your, relationship with your identity, like where you derive your identity from, do you feel like you just didn't bump into it at the other places or did you struggle with it? But now you only notice it in hindsight. I I, I think I noticed it in hindsight and I didn't bump up against it enough. And so like here, I think that's part of why God brought Jeremy to this church is because he wanted to deal with my identity. And it's crazy. Like we were talking about this in my small group this morning, like fear-based insecurity like people will either feel your faith or they're going to feel your fear. And whether you like it or not, uh, yeah, those yeah. things are going to permeate. And so we had a meeting with the production team back in August and the guy shared like some concerns and they were something that I was stuck in my heart based out of some insecurity stuff that I had never told anyone. I had, Even my wife didn't know I was battling this type of an insecurity inside of myself. Mm-hmm. And the guys were like, they were feeling it. So I've really been diving into like, who is Jeremy? Like when it comes to the kingdom of God, who is Jeremy? I'm a royal priest. I've been adopted by him. He sent his son to die for me. I'm considered his child. Like right. those are the right, things right. that I've really had to dive in. I One of the things God is, I have been really forced to lay down my insecurity and pick up my crown. Mm. 
and understand like just and rest in the fact that I was called rest in the fact that I'm God's own. Like those are the things that have gotten that God has really had to, to work in me over this right. last year. I think the, I'm going to call it an advantage that you have, <laughs> whether you, whether it's true or not, but there's something about being at transformation and the thing is out of control in a good way, but it's beyond your abilities. It's beyond your capacity. It's so much bigger. Whereas I think, I think about my own experience and maybe your experience at, mm-hmm. at a smaller environment. It's like, I can do all this stuff. I can, it's hard. It, it takes work, but I can do it. And to be like forced into reliance on Christ and the, the things he wants to do through you, in you, for you to, to be a witness to. Yeah. There's something really great about just it being so huge that I, I, you can't wrap your arms around it. No, you can't. And one of the cool things about this place, man, is that there are things in the spiritual realm I have experienced in this church mm. that have shaken me to the core. I could tell you story after story. Like when when you'll hear us say like prayers are sauce, like they're not kidding. People ask, where do the crazy ideas come from? And I'm just like, I'm a Jesus juke you, prayer. <laughs> because it's true. I can't even begin to explain like how true it is the amount of time we spend as a staff going in hard after the throne room of God. Yeah. I, the amount of stories, the things I've experienced, like the, the there's just something very special about it. And, and, and the name is transformation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's even uh, working if, on the staff. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you come here with an open heart, you will be different. Wow. You will be different because God is constantly shaping. He's constantly honing. And if you're open to it, that's the thing. When you think about John 15, where it's talking about the vine and and like, you have two choices. You're either going to be cut on or you're going to be cut off. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be cut no matter what. Sure, and so right. one of the things for, for that I land in is I would much rather go to the Lord in my, so I walk every morning and it, those are that's the, my prayer time every morning. And I've a, a lot, I pray like, Lord, cut anything out of me that's mm-hmm. not like you. Yeah. Because I can either be cut on or I can be cut off. And I, I just, I would rather go to the Lord and say, my hands are off. If you see it, it's not like you get rid of it. Then him come mm-hmm. up and go, yo, you ain't paying Snip. attention. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, that's just, that's the heart posture I've tried to keep here is going to be cut on or cut off. Wow. It's up to you, which one you want to be a part of. Huh. Man. Part of the, I would imagine the challenge of leadership doesn't matter if you're a transformation or not, but you have a responsibility to your team to uh, look out for them, protect them, create a structure for them so that they survive. But it also like needs to reside in you, you know, personally, you have your own, you need to be living a healthy life. Have, Have you found it like easier to look out for your team than for yourself or because now you're a relatively new father that you have a yeah. kind of a built in, okay, I need to, I have to be home because yeah. yeah. It, it, it's one of the things about Jeremy, I'm, I'm pretty transparent. I'll tell you kind of anything. One of our culture codes here is we're hot, we're humble, open, and transparent. Okay. People of God. <laughs> like, my entire life, I have struggled with being Martha over Mary. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's so much easier for me to do for the Lord than it is to just be with the Lord. And a lot of times I've approached that even with the team. Mm -hmm. So there's times where I'm like, I will sacrifice my family, my health. So you can go home and be with yours. Right. Right. And so that like, it's valiant (laughs) Sure. Right. and done with the best intentions, but it's, 
it hasn't been the greatest thing. And yeah, we're working harder and harder on, hey, we're in this thing together mm-hmm. and we, we're really growing together as a team and that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm part of my role is I am, I'm the figurehead for us. Another term for a figurehead is, and so that's really how I'm trying to approach the leadership is I just want to lead with a father's heart Mm. and I want to pastor the guys well underneath me so that they can find balance in home and work and that I can find balance in my home and work. Yeah. I had somewhere along the way a couple of times. So I worked at two churches in my career, I guess you call it, in the course of my career. And both places, I had an encounter with a senior pastor somewhere along the way where it just became very clear. No one's asking you to destroy your health or your your family's life or whatever. And that was just so helpful for me to have that permission to be like, okay, there will be tough times yeah. like Christmas, Easter, whatever. But I need to be honest about what does my family need and how can I make sure that I'm not just always at work. I don't know if, about you, but I, like, I love it. I love doing this stuff. I love getting me at, yeah, fill the stage with water. I'm in, let's go. We live in this weird world where our job is our hobby. Yeah, yeah. If I wasn't here, I'm gonna be at home. Like even my wife sends me stage designs. She'll be on Instagram and be like, hey, have you seen this one yet? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like she cracks me up. So yeah, we love what we do. It's fun. Yeah. We get to play with our situation. We have one of the best gospel bands in the country and mm-hmm. we have great gear to work with. Like we have all the fun things and to play with, but but it's just that tension of, I wish I didn't love what I do so much. And I think too, the I've just as we've been talking, thinking about you know the way God has designed each of us uniquely to fill a role in the body of Christ. And so he knew that, transformation in this moment needed Jeremy. And so let's get him in there. But he also, I don't think his uh, goal was for us to like burn as white hot for a short amount of time and then just fizzle out and and crash. Mm -hmm. I think he would prefer us to run the race to the end. And um, I think it's, I don't know if it's unique to tech people or if it's everybody struggles with this, but just pacing yourself so that you can run the race, run the marathon and not just doing, let's have water on stage every week or some version of that. Yeah. When we just, I can't maintain that. And to be honest yeah. about it. It's it's interesting, like before becoming a part of this, like I'd always think like, why is it that all my friends that have worked at really large churches are all integrators now? And there's a scary thing of like, you go in and you burn too hot too quickly yeah. and then you get, burnt out on what the church is. And so we've really, we're working hard to create an atmosphere where that's not the thing here, where we enjoy it. Our fam, some of the things we're doing next Saturday, we're we're doing lunch with the whole production team and wives, and then nice. we're going to a pumpkin patch together. We're trying to do life outside of, of, yeah, of yeah, the I church, the way we are praying with each other, doing studies together. We're just really trying to create a safe atmosphere where guys can really just be themselves know that they're loved and valued just because they're talented at what they do, but because right. they are a child of the King. And so those are some of the things we're really working hard. And I feel like we're making a lot of headway in because this, again, this whole thing's new. Like we're a year into this again, right. a year ago, Transformation Church didn't even have a production team. I want you to think about everything you've seen and heard about <laughs> a year ago, they didn't have a production team. And so there's bumps along the way, there's learning along the way, but I think we're just trying to stay super obedient to like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to, what are you trying to share with us now? And I think one of the big things he's going to share is rest. Yeah. Yeah. Like I called you guys to be here for the long run. And so let's figure out this rest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm super thankful for the leadership I serve with. That's like, 
we'll get you the rest you need because we all yeah. we want all of you here. My my direct leader one time said, as long as there is air in my body, <laughs> you will not lose your family over this place. And like, stood pretty- up and it was just like, oh wow, okay, cool. <laughs> Man, I love too just the idea of doing stuff outside of the work because the a lot of times, like when you're in it and rehearsal and the stress of that and recording services or doing live events, that's stressful time. We love it. We love doing it together. That's great. But if your relationship is only based on this pressure cooker environment, yeah. it's like not real. It's And so to, hey, remember that time we went put golfing? Yeah. Just to have memories that are outside of that kind of super intense moment, I think, yeah, but somebody a little better. Yeah, when it gets late. It, look, look, when you've been here for 30 number of hours, hours, yeah, right. 30 yeah. hours yeah. and two days, and tensions can get high because you're tired. And like, I want, when I pull up from the well, if something comes up, I want to remember <laughs> Chad Vegas, the father, Chad Vegas, the husband, not just Chad Vegas, the video director. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. It's building that relational equity with each other so that part of my job is I have to correct as well as, as share like when they're doing well. But if there's no relational equity in that, if it's just correction, you know what I'm saying? Like, when it's a, people become a means to an end. Of and humans. that's just not, yeah, we're not yeah. going to use people. Hey, you're just super talented, you know, but it's like, no, like you're just a good human being. I love you. Yeah. There's nobody else I'd rather do this, but you can't get there if you don't spend time together outside right. of what you right. just do on a weekly basis. Yeah. Which I think is also hard to do if you're working a ton of hours. Like you yeah. want me to be, we were going to be again together. Come on. But yeah, it's, if you miss, if you don't do it, I think the consequences are, not good. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. I, I would just say, just fight for it. Yeah. Because nobody else is going to fight for it except for you. Just so maybe going back to the cool factor of the stuff that you're doing uh, at Transformation, yeah. anything that's your favorite thing you've done since you've been there or maybe the craziest like thing that's happened? Or we already talked about it. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the things that have stood out the most to me is just how we've loved on people. We do this Super Sunday thing. And there was a young man here in Tulsa who has a huge heart for the homeless population. And Mm -hmm. during Super Sunday, we we brought him in and we bought him a shower trailer and just watching him break down. Tulsa is known for some race massacres back in the, I think it was in the 20s. And we did this big outdoor event and we had the remaining survivors of that were there. And uh, to honor their families, we gave each one of them $200,000. And watching families just break down and like it, it's just those are the things that stick out to me more than anything like we, we just came out of seven nights of prayer and fasting and, and we'll, we do a 21 night like 21 nights of prayer and fasting was better when the cameras turned off than when they were on mm. like almost every single night the cameras would go off and we would be praying for healing and praying that the spirit would and it would just like just sitting there and being a part of random people coming over, just like the Lord gave me a word for you and just praying over like as much of the cool stuff, as much as the gear, the lights, the LED panels, my most favorite memories are probably when nobody's looking and what Mm -hmm. God's just doing behind the scenes. That is super special. One of the things I'm jealous listening to you talk that I think for so many tech people, it's very easy to get into a place where I'm back here in the booth and ministry is happening over there. God's doing something down there, over there on the stage, you know, just, but I'm, 
maybe I'm a part of it by because I'm supporting it, but I'm not bumping into the movement of God. Mm-hmm. I'm facilitating it. And I just love that. I just hearing you talk about like you're you're in the middle of it. You're it's like God is moving amongst you. You're yeah, ministry is happening. We one of our video guys, like like he'll he'll set a camera down and just go pray for people. And it's cool. We don't need that shot anyways. If God is moving and our audio director looks over at me and is like, bro, can I go down the altar? I'll take front of house. For, like I, if I find out that pe- if God was prompting somebody to do something, but they felt like they needed to stay in their position first, like we're doing it wrong at that point. One of the things we really are working hard on is at least right now this, like I, I want other people to feel our worship through the camera. Yeah. yeah. When, when our audio guys are make like, people are going to feel their worship through the mix. They're going to feel Chaz worship as he directs video. They're going to feel the light. And we actually had a moment where somebody texted me and was like, I don't know what was going on at your church tonight, but I like, I felt like the gear was worshiping itself. Mm. And I was like, wow, like that's the vision God gave us from day one of like, let's do this different. If somebody needs to lay down and pray, then lay down and pray. Like we'll figure it out. Whether we don't need Leave it on a static lighting look for this song. If you need to go over there and you need to do work with the Lord, like if the Lord's trying to cut on you, go let him do it. So that those are some of the things that we're trying to push really hard in what we do is like our hope would be that if somebody was like, hey, can I hang with transformation? They would walk away remembering how we prayed for him and we loved on him significantly more than how much we maybe we made them better at their craft. Man, just hearing you talk, I'm just trying to think about if I'm at a church and wanting this kind of experience for my own team, for myself, like what is the, is there something practical we could talk about to do or, because part of, as you're talking, I'm thinking your, your team must be crushing it on some level to have the trust from leadership to say, yes, we want everybody, if you need to pray, come forward and we know you'll figure it out. That's feels like a, a trust earned kind of a thing. Yeah. But also it feels like a cultural thing. We're like, yeah, the whole church is this way. And so we're not it is a cultural. Yeah, yeah. It's a cultural thing here. Cause one of the first weekends, our camera guy, Jared, like <laughs> I look over and he's literally on the floor praying for one of our music producers. Mm. And they're like two guys crying on the floor in the midst of the worship. And it's just, <laughs> no, nobody's going to know we didn't have that handheld shot on the drums. You know what right. I mean? But like, yeah, yeah it was the right thing in the moment. And so it feels like as long as, you know, Paul's don't get dropped. Hey, I need to go pray. Great. Who can man the console? So Paul can go up and pray. Great. Like we're in a moment now we're just going to turn the mics on and off. Just keep it like, like as long as it can keep moving, like we will just do whatever we need to do to make sure Sure, people get a chance to experience the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like so counterintuitive to how probably a lot of us experience working in production. You don't want to, let anyone down. You don't want to get in the way. You're just trying to be transparent. Yeah. And so if I step away or put the camera down, like now people can see or know, or like at the end of the day, when you stand before the King, is he going to, is he going to write back and go, Hey, thanks for never leaving the console or bro. You remember that time this thing happened in your life. I was going to heal you of that right then and there, but you didn't obey. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I just feel like I, I I just feel like if we honor the Lord through our worship and all of it, like the rest of it kind of, it'll figure itself out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I, I wouldn't say this is, Hey, this week, I'm just going to go late, no. you know, <laughs> on the floor and just 
maybe right. talk with leadership about, hey, this is a cultural shift that we'd like to make. And yeah, yeah. here's how like we would, if these things were to come up and have, here's how we would navigate that. But yeah, like you just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. People just need to see your heart. I think too, just hearing you talk about God is talking to us and calling out to us and are we listening and then are we obeying? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, there's a period of my life it's probably so long ago now, I couldn't even put a number to it, 10 years, let's say, where every day I was journaling. Mm-hmm. And I would write at the end of my journaling time, I would say, what do you want me to do today? And then I would just put my pen down. And I made a pact with myself. I'm just going to, whatever I write down, I'm going to write down the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah. And then I'm going to do it. And it was amazing to me how what they felt very small and some of them, I thought that's stupid. I don't think I want to do that. I, it just dawned on me, like God is trying to speak to me about small things mm-hmm. every day, every moment. If I'm not willing to follow up on those, why would he trust me with whatever the big things I'm really praying for? It's like the, what are you going to do in my life? Or what job should I have? Or these huge things. I'm not even willing to do this. Apologize to your coworker for the thing you said yesterday. And yeah, I just, I love that idea that God is wanting to do everyday small things with us. If he cares enough to know the exact number of hairs on your head, you know what I mean? Okay. Like I know he knows exactly how many hair follicles are up there. Cool. Like he cares just as much about the little details as he does about the big stuff. And and yeah, I just have a huge heart for like, you can be the world's greatest tech guy and still be a theologian at the same time. Yeah. If we were, it makes me laugh now, but yesterday our production manager came in and me and the video guys and our audio guy, we were sitting there talking and we were talking about some pretty deep theological issues. Does God still speak today? Cessationism versus continuing it. It's like, yeah, this is a bunch of high profile tech guys uh-huh. that can have a, a cogent argument about <laughs> theology because our relationship with Jesus Christ, we take just as seriously as the fact of, I want to know exactly what a, what a compressor does when I change the threat. Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can be just as deep in, in your relationship as you can be like, I'm super good at audio. But one of the things about production is we're graded on an ARF scale. Mm-hmm. You either killed it or it's terrible. You know what right. I'm saying? There's no middle ground. And sure, so yeah. a lot of times what happens we dive so hard into our craft to make sure that we're always getting an A, we neglect to take care of our soul at the same time. So our identity becomes what we do, who's we are. And so it can get out of balance. And so we're just, we're toying with the fact of the idea of what does it look like to have anointing and my craft actually be in balance. Do you have an answer? No. The the thing that you're laying on top of that too is the fact that we only get, generally speaking, we only get acknowledged or talked to when things are going poorly. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're fighting so hard to, I don't want to have those hard conversations, but then nobody's saying you're crushing it or you're doing yeah. awesome work because it's good and no, it's not invisible, but transparent. It's yeah. see-through to whatever's you know happening on stage. It's because like in our house, everyone is so, we're so understaffed as a whole church. Uh-huh. Everyone's got a million things on their plate. The only time to come down is how oh, I'm going to correct this thing because everything's going so busy at all times. So like, yeah. that's where identities had to come in so much stronger for Jeremy. Why I think what pushed me up against it was like, 
I'm not hearing anything. Guess what? Not hearing anything means you're crushing it right now. <laughs> yeah. But when you're not hearing it, so it's realizing I don't need the applause of man. Right, right. I need to sit in my identity in Christ. And conversely, if one of my leaders needs to come to me to correct something, mm-hmm. that's not a shot at my identity. Yeah. Because that's what we can do is you go up and be like, somebody like, hey, yo, what'd you think of my mix? And go, ah, maybe the vocals were a little harsh. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of mud between the kick and the bit. And, and, yeah, yeah. and you think, oh, wow, they just attacked me as a person. That's not the case. Like the mix just wasn't good. Like, yeah. and, and so, but if your identity isn't where it needs to be, you'll take great offense. Yeah do those things. But because what we do in production is so visible and it's so out there, like there's a lot of feedback that goes with it. So being super strong in your identity is the key. Yeah. I think too, I was just having this conversation yesterday. The, The challenge with that for me is that I'm putting myself into the thing I'm doing. So it is, it is personal, but I also have to separate myself from the work I'm doing, you know, it's like, it is so intertwined that it's not like an easy black and white kind of, oh yeah, my work's over here. My identity's over here. No, I'm putting myself into my work, which makes it part of me. And then now you're saying bad things about it. Yes. Yeah. But if, if you're operating out of identity though, people can come to you. So I I, I have this incredible privilege to work with this audio guy. His name is uh, Rico Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. Rico is one of the best audio guys I've ever met in my entire life. Like he's Stevie Wonder's personal monitor engineer. Like Stevie Wonder will not go anywhere without (laughs) Rico. Okay. And the only thing Rico does is mix in-ears for Stevie Wonder. So I have two choices. If Rico comes up to me as, hey, that's cool, but have you thought about these things? I can either go, well, he's attacking who I am, or I go, my identity is, wow, Lord, thank you so much for putting somebody in my life that's actually going to help me grow in my craft. I may not have realized that. And so Mm -hmm. because I'm operating out of identity first, and if I put my identity into my craft and not my craft into my identity, then it becomes easier to take feedback because you can go, you know what? You might be right on that one. Or you might go, you know what they just said? That's a subjective thing. Like, right, right. Maybe they didn't like cam three on the shot, but I really Mm -hmm. felt like in this moment, like that's, I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Like you can separate the two when your identity is like what you're super focused in. Let's just uh, keep talking and we'll do like a part two to the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Oh man, this has been so great. I, we should definitely talk more often. Oh, I I, like the fact that we, it's taken us so long to have our first conversation. We should not wait. The same length of time for the third one. <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally. Like one of the things I've just really have grown into this in this year is we push very hard here. It's progression over perfection. Mm. Like we can't be perfect. There was one yeah. perfect individual. His name is Jesus. Yeah, uh, you are not him. Right, but we we should be progressing. Yeah. Like you, getting better you know each day. Yeah, yeah. We struggled with margin, and, and we struggled with margin for too long. But now it's the Lord's like really revealing. It's like, let's make some positive change. Yeah. And and it's, if a year from now, we're still having the same conversation. Okay. That's not great. But if we're just, if we're committing to progression, there's grace in that. Yeah. And I think too, the, for years talking about excellence versus perfectionism, excellence is just getting better each day. Like I'm better today than I was yesterday. And that's all I think we can expect from ourselves. I think it's like a healthy it's normal. But if you're not getting better, okay, now there's a problem. But yeah, no one's asking for perfection or shouldn't. No, it's, I honestly, 
I understand why we use the word excellence, but I hate the word excellence because the definition of excellence is striving towards perfection. And so oh, interesting. Pastor Michael preached this three or four part series on called, it was called stride. And we, this was before relationship goals went viral and all this stuff. But Pastor Michael heard the, the Lord say, I need you to stride. And he was like, what are you talking about? Because you're striving as a church. Mm. Striving is this idea of like, I'm Working crawling harder. and bare yeah. knuckle and trying to do everything I can to get us to where, and he was just, he had to say, I need you to stride. And striding is long measured steps towards a preordained goal. Mm. And so like they came to the church, they cut everything back. We're not okay. doing this. We're not doing that. No speaking again, none of this. And then in the midst of striding, like that's when relationship goals hit and we went to millions of followers and all the crazy that happened. Right. But so we work really hard at striving here. So striving is not something we really want to do and we can't go after perfection, but I don't know a better word than excellence because even if you look back to the, those that like in the old Testament, if you look at the people that actually would be the ones ministering over the temple, it says like they should be without blemish and they should be this and they should, there is a level of excellence that like the Lord, I think does want. I also think excellence is the wrong word. I just haven't figured out what the right word is. Sure. I mean, I think the other thing too, that's tough about excellence when you're looking at, when people are looking in on what we're doing, it's very easy to, to look at us and say, oh, they're just trying to make it perfect, which isn't always the case. And I would say for me, no, I I know it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to work, I'm working at being, just being the best I can be, which is, that's all it can, that's the best I can make it. And yeah, but I think it's real easy from the outside looking into, to, you know, see, oh, that's perfect. Or they're really trying hard for it to be perfect. Yeah. And for Jeremy, excellence is relative. Mm -hmm. So excellence in a church of 60 people where your sound guy has no formal training, works 60 hours a week putting up drywall, gets onto your little PV mixer. Yeah. Yeah. If he's giving it his all, that excellence is going to look different than when Paul Erickson, who spent the last 10 years of his life fully devoted to mixing audio at a hot beat, they yeah, are yeah, both right. excellent, yep. but they're going context, to, yeah. in their context, they can yeah. both be excellent. So if you're in a smaller situation, don't look at what Elevation and Hillsong is doing and go, well, that's excellence. You yeah. can have excellence right where you are. You yep. know, like it's relative. I know when I used to come to the Willow Creek conferences back in the nineties and I would just have my mind blown by some nine slideshow projector, widescreen <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> I'm no joke. Like back then, I'm like, what are they? Oh my gosh, this is incredible. But I would be inspired for maybe two minutes and then just depressed the rest of the time. Like, I can't do this. And I just, at a certain point, I realized I got to stop. I got to stop being depressed about this. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to go back to my church with more money all of a sudden, bigger budget, bigger staff, whatever. So what am I, what's going to be different? And it really was like, what do I have and how can I be the most excellent with it? And yeah, I can be excellent where I am with the stuff I have. And that's all we can ask for. That's right. Yeah. And I never became like Willow Creek. It was just, I had a better attitude about it maybe. Oh, we always, one church I served at, our senior pastor, I was like, hey, we're going to go to this thing. I want you guys to eat the meat, leave the bones. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take the things that we see that we like. And then we're going to bring it back and then we're going to mold them to our context. So it ministers mm. to our people. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, like, maybe you go to the Willow Creek thing, and maybe the one thing is, that's crazy. They have the same front light we do. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why they have it dialed in that way, because that, that's why it looks so good on camera. Right, right. You could take that thing back and, okay, cool, let's do some rule of thirds on our cameras that we now have. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, yeah, yeah. There might be little concepts you can take back that might make what you're doing seem a little bit more excellent without having to yeah. go, oh, I need 14 bear cams. I do, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a hot mess to have that. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. This yeah, has man. been great. Great getting to know you over the last couple of conversations. Two weeks. Yeah, yeah. our relationship has really progressed. So I know. Um, I mean, we're we'll buying each other anniversary gifts here soon. <laughs> That's right. What was the date? Uh, October 3rd or whatever. We'll have to remember I that. Think so. Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. Anytime. I really enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy. What an amazing guy at an amazing time at Transformation. It was really good to hear how his leadership, you know, the leadership at Transformation responds to the needs of the production team. And even hearing them say stuff like, why are you carrying that? Oh, so amazing. And it just reminded me that it's our job to let leadership know what's up and how tired we might be or our team might be. Because if you don't, the leadership won't be able to know how to support you and your team better. So I love that reminder. Uh, the idea that our identity being wrapped up in fear, I mean, that was hard for me to hear. And also nice to know that I'm not alone. When looking at how big transformation does stuff, it can be more obvious that it's bigger than Jeremy can handle himself. And for many of us, we look at most stuff we need to do and it's within our abilities. We might have to work too many hours to get it done, but it's all kind of accomplishable, if that's a word. Unfortunately, we aren't confronted enough with the idea that we need Jesus every day. And I love that transformation is really pushing Jeremy and the team to be confronted by Jesus and not confronted by just all the work that needs to get done. Also the phrase, you'll be cut on or you'll be cut off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Life is tough. And just the question of, you know, will we engage with what God is trying to teach us and push through some of that pain or will we let bitterness become our first language? Always looking for greener grass somewhere else. I don't know about you, but I don't like getting cut, but I don't like getting cut off even more. This was a really great word also. Great stuff. Thanks, Jeremy. For those of you who are looking ahead to 2022 over this New Year's timeframe, I would uh, suggest that you seriously consider investing in yourself and your team by signing up for Philo 2022, which is on May 10th and 11th. We're updating the website every day with new information and if you look there now, you'll see we just posted the conference schedule and some discounted hotel options. The tickets are at the lowest price right now. So even if you can't make the trip to Chicago, you could still attend the entire event online along with some extra content specifically for the online experience. So get those cheapest tickets at philo.org. You can register there either for the online version or the in-person version. You can follow us on social media at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter. Consider subscribing to our newsletter on philo.org or subscribing to the podcast to stay up to date on all things Philo. I don't know if you noticed it on social media. We had a big 14 days of giveaway, Philo giveaways in December. And if you missed out on that, we plan on doing more stuff like that. Consider following us on Instagram to stay in the loop on free stuff we're giving away. All right. Until next time. See ya. See ya.